What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right. Hello, and welcome back to a Thursday afternoon edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. I am the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and I am joined, as I have previously, by Raj Geary of WrestlingInc. dot com. Raj, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Chase? I'm good, man. I'm uh, I I'm wrestled out, as I'm sure you are. A lot of lot more wrestling happened last night, and um, people reacted uh, exactly how you would expect them to by crashing the ImpactWrestling.com website. Yeah, yeah, that uh, it's probably going to be the biggest uh, week for Impact, and since they're on Spike, uh, honestly, at least as, as as far as buzz and everything goes. Yeah, and it's good. Have you been? Wa- Do you watch Impact every week? I try to catch it, but not not every week. No, no. Um, I think the biggest thing with Impact and like when you watch different programs now at this point, like even ROH at this point in time has like a better COVID re- COVID Thunderdome type feel. But like they got if you're gonna put all these eyeballs in this product, you gotta. I hope they have some plans to to energize where they're filming in Nashville because it is it is quiet and um, it was fine early on in the pandemic, but I think they really, really need to uh, do something if they're going to have Kenny Omega appear on this show and they're really going to do some cross-promotion with AEWs. They're going to really have to do something there, I think. Yeah, I thought actually... I should. I need to double check. I actually thought. I mean, sorry. Uh, I thought they were taped through the year. Are they really? And didn't have any more taping scheduled. I, I believe so. Um, I can double check that. But if that's the case, then that would mean Kenny Omega is doing something taped that they're going to insert into the show. Probably, you know, a backstage promo or something like that. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, usually I catch impact on a delay. Um, mm. I, I agree with you. I think not having the fans and how quiet it is, it makes it hard to watch when you got a lot more energy with AEW and the WWE shows. But um, yeah, I think they're going get, to get their biggest rating in years uh, this coming Tuesday for sure. So the ending with Kenny Omega walking out with Don Callis and cheating to win after a 30 minute match which <clears throat> with John Moxley um what do you think is ultimately going to happen here what do you think their plan is i mean my thing my my question is this i mean this is great for impact um they have been really under the radar. Uh, you know, they they had a little buzz when they had the the former WWE stars appearing at what was that? That was that Slammiversary, right? Mm. This past summer. So they had a, a little buzz, but outside of that, they haven't really had much. So um, it's really good for them. I don't really see what AEW gains by partnering with Impact. I mean, uh, 
they they're going to have i mean they, there's a lot of great talent on impact but not necessarily a lot of big names so yeah you can have these cool matches but you you can have that on AEW anyway their roster is just freaking loaded so i i guess i just you know i know kenny omega and don Callis are good friends i mean great you know, very close as are jericho and Callis. so um so it's good for Callis. but i just don't see really what aew stands to gain from this that that much it is interesting i i guess i mean we we already know what they're doing with nwa and you have Kenny Omega appearing at AAA. Like, I think this is just going to be part of what AEW does, right? Like, they just have their hand in a lot of different promotions, baskets from time to time. And um, I don't know. I think it's kind of... I, I think it's interesting that they're going to do this all-inclusive. Like, we're going to work with everybody. We're going to... If there is a potential match to have some crossover, we'll do it. But if there's not, we won't. Um with there be hoarding people and not doing any of that, I think AEW being the alternative in a number of ways, but specifically working with other promotions that they get along with and giving them some publicity. I guess they're betting on um, it just moving the needle across the board on Twitter and like, oh, did you see AEW champion Kenny Omega on AAA? Oh, did you see Kenny Omega on Impact? Did you see... it? Uh, it's not the CM Punk walking out type thing, but it is something... To the extent that, like, they are hoping that they are going to pull some people who... I don't know who these people are. Like, I would love to... This might be a story for you. Is the wrestling fan who only watches Impact and doesn't watch AEW. Because if that person exists, I want to hear why and how. And uh, what what part of uh, the world they're in and how, how this all works. But um, <laughs> I, uh, right. I want to... I would I'd love to hear that interview. But I do think it's just... Um, I think it's good for these people, and I think Impact has been trying and re- redoing everything with Scott Demore and Don Callis, and putting on a good product. They they've signed a lot of good talent, and you know, I mean, someone threw out like if he reforms Team Canada with the North on Impact, like, and they does a program there, that'd be cool. Like, I I wouldn't hate it. Um, it's also just yeah, I, yeah. And, and and again, this is kind of cool for um for. You know, fans like, you know, us fans in the wrestling bubble who know, you know, but as far as attracting new fans, like, you know, kind of what you said, I don't think there's many people that watch Impact that don't already watch AEW. And, and, you know, their television ratings are in the 100,000 to 150,000 range for Impact. Um, And so, I, I, you know, again, I think it's cool. I think it's awesome for the wrestlers. I think it's awesome for the talent. I think it's great for Impact and NWA um, to get this exposure. But as far as, you know, trying to expand that bubble, um, you know, Sting is going to have a much bigger impact as far as trying to get new fans in, older fans, lapsed fans, uh, even though Sting most likely can't really wrestle. Well, he signed a full-time contract, right? Yeah, yeah, but he that neck injury that he got back in 2015 uh, mm-hmm. during that match with Seth Rollins, uh, and he's over 60 now. I believe he's 61. So I can't see. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to be physic that physically involved. But you know, he is a full time character. So whether that means something that's like a manager or a GM role or something where he's on the show a lot, but not having to be uh, physical, but. Yeah, I mean, they could always do like cinematic matches with Sting, but as far as being a regular wrestler, I'm pretty sure that's not in the cards. 
Well, I think he is old enough at this point to be the NXT champion. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Stranger like, I things think have happened. It it was cool. Like it, everyone was freaking out about it sting from Tony Schiavone, and that was a great moment for him, and I'm happy for him. Um, I do, I do wonder what the plan is there and where he is involved. And I'm sure he's going to have some sort of um, strong character moments. And I wonder. It, it just seems like Impact is a very um, manager heavy show. So I'm going to guess he uh, manages somebody, right? Like that would be my best guess is he's going to manage somebody. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. Sting is just a manager. Just doesn't seem that uh, that impactful. Like yeah. I think you lose that impact after a couple weeks. But so what do again, you do? The GM but, thing might yeah. be a little overplayed, but yeah. at least at least it's it's something. I don't know. Or you know, the figurehead thing has been done to death. But Sting did do it in TNA when he was there for for a while. But Tony Khan's already kind of inserted himself as the on-screen GM a little bit. Like, they are kind of making that clear that he's the guy booking the matches, right? Yeah, but they don't show him. So yeah. he could almost become, this, you know, the storyline figurehead. And, you know, not mentioning Tony Khan is no no loss for them. So True, true. Um, now what for John Moxley in your estimation? What is What does the future hold for John Moxley? Oh, I mean, I think he's going to stay in that that top that top title picture. I do think his title reign had been pretty um, uneventful, and a lot of that is not his fault. He became champion, and two weeks later, you know, they're doing empty arena shows. Um, but he ha- he hasn't he hadn't really had that really strong feud while he was champion. Um, and, you know, as far as a, t- a top level where that match is the most anticipated match on the card he didn't really have that so i think this gives him a good little break i think omega is kind of kind of hot right now with this heel character um he's interesting kind of shakes things up but i think moxley will be back at that title picture soon enough i uh i don't know i thought the mjf stuff was really great and i thought the eddie kingston stuff was also really great i think you're selling him short a little bit i think you're selling the run short a little bit no i'm not no no for sure i thought but I thought Eddie, the Eddie Kingston, MJF, I thought those were great because of Kingston and MJF, mm. not necessarily Moxley. And, and and again, I think a lot of that has to do with having no crowd. But um, but I think those matches, if you go back and look at those pay-per-views, would you say those were the most highly anticipated matches on those pay-per-views? And with Moxley and Kingston, I would say it was fourth between the Bucks and, and FTR, uh, Omega and Page, and then uh, MJF and Jericho. Oh, I think it was number two. I think the only thing above it was MJF. Uh, or was really, that... I thought there was no, thought there was no intrigue. Everyone knew Moxley was winning. See, so it was I just didn't. based off of Kingston's promos. I don't know because like there was a case to be made that you you take it off Moxley <laughs> there because if you want to drag it out because there was something where it was like, do we want to do the title change with no crowd with Omega and Moxley? So you could have had Kingston win by shenanigans and had the belt Moxley get it back a couple months later kind of like with the what raw did with drew mcintyre and randy just take it off for him briefly but obviously that did not last very long there but i think if you were to take the title off him with uh uh kingston then you could have kept the moxley away and from omega for a couple more months and then maybe in the spring you do it 
Um, but I, I do think that there was some uncertainty regarding whether or not Mox was going to lose to to Kingston. I don't think he was going to lose to MJF because it was just going to be too soon. But I do think the Kingston stuff actually did seem like that was a that was a plausible scenario in my mind. See, I, I don't agree, especially with how Kingston hadn't won. I think he won one match on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Up, you know, before getting a title shot, and that was Matt Seidel. Um, and uh, you know, and with AEW, they re- you know they try to keep their titles strong, so and they don't want to flip flop them too much. So, um, again, you know, I think Moxley, it, it doesn't just doesn't hurt him. I don't see him falling down the card by any means, but I do think it does. Uh, it does shake things up a bit, and you got a lot of. Uh, different ways you can go right now with Omega. Well, you could go with Paige. You could go with, you know, if Jericho ends up turning babyface in this thing with MJF, you got Jericho again. You got Moxley still there. So there's a there's a lot of different things you could do. Cody, uh, just, Cody, even though he's not supposed to be able to get a title shot. Yeah, Cody is probably the most <laughs> obvious answer here, just because of the actions Omega used to win. Like, there is the natural story there, but, like, they backed themselves into the corner with him not being able to challenge. So, I guess they could challenge non-title. They could do a whole feud about that. Like, Cody, for the soul of AEW, like, what happened to you, Kenny? They just have a non-title main event match. Um, I guess it's a possibility. But, yeah, I don't don't know. I think I would rather them make sure to take Mox off. It just so happens that Renee is uh, pregnant. So, he might be taking some time off soon anyway. But... I don't like when wrestlers immediately come back into fold. Like Randy Orton this week, coming back into the fold after losing the belt to McIntyre. And now he's just in this weird program with The Fiend and just moved on after a blood feud with Drew McIntyre. After a couple weeks, he's like, all right, lost the belt. That was a fun four or five months of my time going after this Drew McIntyre and a bunch of legends. Now I'm just going to play mind games with Bray Wyatt. Um, I don't know. I just think that they're... I think there is something to keeping people off screen for a while. Like when punk came back after leaving with the belt, like keeping him gone for a little bit longer would have been a better move. And I think the longer you can pull him off the better, but I also understand the rating stuff of just like, you can't keep somebody like Mox off TV for, for months at a time. But I, in my, in my fantasy booking mind, I would, uh, I would keep him off for a while. Yeah, sure. If you didn't have to worry about ratings and things like yeah. that, but you, you do have to, consider that you know mox he, the, the baby they're probably not going to have the baby for another five months and he's probably going to take some time off then yeah um so yeah i mean you, you could always pull him off tv for a few weeks and bring him back uh you know in the new year uh but he is going to be off you know down the road so you know I, I i would i would move mox into another direction for now um I, i'm not sure who because he was cheated in this match so logic would tell you that he'd want to stick with omega but Mm -hmm. we'll see i mean again there's a lot of different ways they could go um are you surprised that jeff hardy is uh not dead after monday night oh my gosh that was that was just insane i mean it was it, it was brutal like just watching it and uh and then you know it happened so fast that it it kind of looked like he hit his head on the steps but you i wasn't sure and then i went back and watched it and and i was texting some people in wwe and apparently he's fine i mean we'll know for sure probably this week because that's when they'll do their uh the concussion testing and everything but that was that was insane 
I, I couldn't believe that actually. But also that match um, and that whole program, Raj, you're not going to believe this, a, a Monday Night Raw program. Um, it was very bad. It was very, very <laughs> yeah. bad. And it was long. And it was boring. And I was just, oh man, the spots were so forced and not being able to go anywhere and just like stumbling into different instruments. And oh man. Like it, uh, it's not good. And also, Elias is entrance, like can barely hear anything. Like, is it the Thunderdome as to why we can't hear certain music really well? And also, what happened to No More Words? All kinds of things about this program remind me of things I don't like about WWE right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand wanting to try to bring up Elias, but at the same time, if you look over on, and then this is where I wish WWE pl- would plan things better. You know, a lot of times with the draft, you hear them, you know, that they didn't decide on who's getting drafted till like the day of or the day before mm. and you know roman needs opponents right now mm-hmm. uh, he's the hottest thing uh in the company uh the ratings for smackdown have have been up considerably since uh he's been since his heel turn and he kind of has no one to feud with i mean they went to ko who has you know basically been losing most of his matches uh, over the past few months and, and and instead of building ko to get to roman they just throw him in but Hardy's someone that could have been a, a credible opponent, you know, for, for for a month or so, you know, between pay-per-views. And um, instead, yeah, the Elias thing has just been a waste. But, I, you know, at the same time, Hardy did come out on top, so he can move on to bigger and better things. Yeah, I um, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, they are running out of stuff with Roman, and I I don't know. I uh, That... Uh, that is going to be something to monitor but i guess it's daniel bryan uh for a little bit owens bryan maybe they call somebody up or maybe they do some more mismatching i i'm i'm not sure what they do there um yeah there's no obvious unless they got unless they pulled the rabbit out of the hat and got the rock there's no obvious match for roman at wrestlemania i mean they could always do drew again they seem to kind of hint that um well i would say the obvious is probably brock as far as Yeah, if if they can get Brock back for sure, I mean, but that's been done twice already, and yeah, he, I mean, it would it would be interesting now with Heyman yes, involved. That's and what I'm saying. You like do a with whole Heyman, story yes. there. Mm-hmm. I think Heyman would be would be the the most yeah, no, interesting. that could be good part of it. Um, Ricochet and Mustafa Ali. Do you think this is uh, this is the end of Retribution? Do we think? Do you, in your estimation, is Retribution still a thing on Raw? in february um let me see i said raw underground would last three weeks it lasted probably like six or five Mm -hmm. um retribution i mean i could see them keeping them just as you know just as enhancement talent um, mm. I think it's terrible for the guys involved because they got some really talented people there in Mia Yim and you know I think Ali uh, he's shown that he can do much more and then uh, Dominic Dijakovic he's got a ton of potential and he's got a lot of the stuff that they look for as far as size and, and can go in the ring I would love to see it disband and move those guys on to something else but WWE can be lazy with doing stuff like that as far as talent that they that they don't see as main eventers. And if, you know, particularly with Ali and, and maybe Mia Yim, if they don't see him as main eventers, I could see them just kind of keeping them in that spot. I mean... But they could use, you know, like, you could use Mia Yim right now. Raw needs 
characters like Mia Yim, who is really good and a really good hand and someone that um, she hasn't had good main event matches in NXT. Like she was kind of a bummer in her title matches down there, but like she, she's still talented. And I think Raw's women's division needs more bodies. Like they need more talented bodies. Oh, a hundred percent on the, on our wrestling podcast on Monday night. I was just saying what a waste to have her come up into this angle. I've been saying that for weeks that it's such a waste for Mia Yim and, and Dijakovic and Ali uh, in this angle that Mia Yim deserves way better. Uh, she's, super talented and has such a unique uh, character and, and, and look and everything. And to just, you know, when you're beaten your first night in, it's always kind of a, a sign of things to come because it, when they think they can have plans for you, it's rare that they beat you the first night in. Uh, and I'm trying to think of someone that they beat the first night in that was, you know, really elevated a few months later. But, um, yeah, I think it's complete waste. I mean, the, I, the retribution angle, I think, has been the worst angle of this year, considering how much television time has been given to it. You had like 30 guys for a while with chainsaws running around and announcers, you know, peeing their pants and running off. And now this is what you get, like this joke of a group that loses most of their matches and they're kind of a joke. So they just really dropped the ball. They didn't have long-term storytelling with this. And this is where someone, you can just go back and watch how the NWO angle was done and just you try to bring in some reality and, and get out of, get out of your box for a little bit to, you know, treat it differently, but they didn't do that. What do you know about Ricochet's contract status? Oh gosh, he had signed, I believe it was a three year deal. I don't, I don't, I don't know if he ever re-signed and if he did, then he's probably in for a long time because most of the, uh, the towns that re-signed signed for five years, but I believe he signed for three years, a couple years ago when he, when he first came in, I, I believe that was a three year deal and whether he signed a, a long-term when did agreement he after it? that, I'm not sure. When did he debut, uh, in NXT? It would have been right then. Oh, so he'd be coming up, right? It's been uh, sneaky, Matt, two, maybe three years ago? I want, to, I want to say two years ago, but it yeah. could be. It could be three. Mm. Bad luck but for again, him right now. I don't, yeah. uh, I don't really know what the point... Like, it's just... He's just existing and he's floating. And it's just like the... It's interesting. Raw is like... You can immediately tell who were the, the Paul Heyman guys who were just left in the ashes after he, he moved on. You can just tell that there was just... Nope. You were one of the ones that they were going to push with the other group, and uh, they are no longer running things, and we have nothing for you. So, good luck. Right, and I, you know, I get a lot of slack for um, for this, but you know, a lot of times when I see people in NXT, just knowing how the WWE system works and how Vince thinks, you know, I'll be like, you know, Lars Sullivan has the potential to be a big star on the main roster. Does Adam he? Cole would have a struggle, or Johnny Gargano would have a struggle. Um, yeah, because, well, Lars, you saw it. They were giving him the big push, you yeah. know, until and then he got injured. So those are the kind of guys that get those opportunities right off the bat. Whereas the smaller guys, it's more of a struggle. Like Johnny Gargano, I don't think has he much of a chance on the main roster. roster. Yeah, exactly. Adam Cole, it's a little different because he mm -hmm. does have a really strong charisma and great promo skills. And a lot of times that can overcome, but they don't shoot you to the moon right off the bat. You have to really, you know, uh, struggle and claw your way through to it. And, you know, Punk, it took a long time. Daniel Bryan, same thing. Um, you just have to really get super over. And it's tough in this environment when you're not getting uh, organic crowd reactions and it's piped in. It's what the company wants.
So he debuted <laughs> or he announced the contract, by the way. Uh, Ricochet announced the contract on January 16, 2018. So January 16, 2021 would be three years, right? Yeah, and I I haven't heard anything about um, him leaving or anything like that. So Get I him out of there. I we got to get him out of there. That is my whole thing. Save Ricochet 2021. We got to get him out of there. No, I mean, I'm sure he, it'd be a complete... You know, I, I, I think a lot of people say like, oh, this talent should go to AEW. It's going to be very different and i could see them really using ricochet but so far outside of the top guys in wwe we haven't seen um you know uh, former wwe stars really make a big impact yet uh outside you know outside of moxley jericho uh the really top top name guys i'm hesitant to say anybody other than ftr ftr you know yeah or just send him back to nxt just let him go back to nxt that's they're gonna right. actually use them. Just do that. Maybe that's all you can do. Um, true or false? Alistair Black will be in the WWE six months from now. Uh, true. Okay. I don't think they'll let him go. Mm. That's sad. Another one. Just I don't understand. I would love to just be on a fly on the wall to hear the explanation as to what they don't like about Alistair Black. I would love to listen to the to the rationale that you can't book Alistair Black to be to be a, st- a top star and a huge merch seller. Like, I don't, I don't really understand what they think they're not getting there. I agree a hundred percent. I've been saying that on the podcast forever that he, he's got the cool entrance. He's got, he's not a, you know, a really small guy. He's got cool, you know, a cool charisma and he can talk. He kind of checks all the boxes. Right. And, uh, they just never, you know, Vince, He's just weird. Like, <laughs> unless you're a, a giant, you know, someone like a Drew McIntyre, if you don't fit his mold, it, it's really tough to, to you know, break through that glass ceiling, so to speak. It's very strange. Um, where are you on Drew McIntyre? Do you think it's worth building the entire show around him and getting the push that he's gotten over the last year? Uh, you know... <laughs> From what we've seen, the, the problem is we haven't seen him in front of a live crowd. He was really mm. starting to get over with the crowd, and uh, and then that got just cut out. So, you know, seeing seeing him interacting with the fans, that's a very different story than him, what he's been doing. I, I mean, he, he hasn't been setting the world on fire, um, for sure. And I think, again, it's it's just hard to really say if if it's just his character or if it's you know just the situation that he's in but yeah i I mean it's yeah i mean he hasn't uh he he hasn't been moving numbers well we can put it that way um last thing on uh the new performance center signings uh the rascals minus trey miguel are pictured Mm -hmm. and no ben carter either what do you what do you know about uh, miguel and carter I think Miguel has interest from AEW as well. Um, so maybe he's just weighing his options right now. Um, and Ben Carter, I, I'm not sure. I, I haven't heard anything on that. Hmm. But, you know, when I, we we had originally, you know, uh, reported about the Rascals, WWE being interested in the Rascals. And they were interested in all three. But I think um, the fact that Miguel is not going would indicate to me that either impact offered him something to stay a good deal or that he's heading to aew mm. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's strange. Um, and and those are, you know, the Rascals are another group that super really good in the ring, mm. um, but I can't see them being used well on the main roster. Like if they stay in NXT. The, the, they'll be good. That'll be the best thing for them. And even though the main roster, they need tag teams. Right. Like They're they doing should the same actually tag be okay matches over and over. Right. They actually <laughs> should be um, fine in the main roster. Um, are you excited for War Games, Raj? Uh, eh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting that it's this Sunday. I have to keep reminding myself. Um, is there a worse feeling than uh, there's another pay-per-view over the weekend? Is there a worse feeling like <laughs> the week of wrestling when you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. What day is it? What what right. calendar day is it? Oh, God. Yeah, especially when it's one that it's there's nothing on there that – I mean, it should be good. I mean, yeah. all the takeovers happen. But sometimes it takes more than that. It takes something to really get you excited, a storyline, um, you know, something that really gets you invested and – you know, Pat McAfee has been great, but him and his group against the Undisputed Era, it's not like, um, you know, daydreaming, fantasy booking how that should go. Uh, it's just it's just there. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't try and do more to combat this show. Uh, winter's coming. I'm, I'm pretty surprised about that. I think they just knew they were going to get killed. And <laughs> if, they, if they looked like they were trying to really compete and then still got killed, then it would be more of a bad look than just getting killed. Because really, otherwise, there's no uh, explanation. Because they did try to come, you know, combat the previous specials that they right. did. Odd, odd. All right, Raj. Well, that's that's all I've got for you today. Is there anything uh, we can check out from you this week on WrestlingInc.com or anywhere else? Yeah, keep checking out WrestlingInc.com. We always have tons of exclusive interviews as well as, uh, you know, just news constantly updated. It's been so busy. Uh, we got uh, interviews with Christopher Daniels coming up. Uh, Gerald, We have just had Gerald Briscoe, uh, who talked about his time at WWE, told a funny story about the night that WCW was sold. And him and Bruce Pritchard were celebrating on the plane, drank all their drink all the wine on the plane. Then Vince McMahon got on, and when Vince saw that all the wine was gone, he was pissed and led to an uncomfortable flight. But uh, uh, yeah, just uh, keep checking out WrestlingInc.com exclusive interviews daily. And uh, yeah, we appreciate didn't know, it. I didn't know Vince was a drinker. Like he he's always at the gym and he he works twenty hours a day and stuff like that. I'm I'm kind of surprised that he was annoyed about wine. Now I, I would have assumed he was a wine person if he did drink, because I know Triple H is. Oh awesome. yeah, yeah. Triple H doesn't at all really, um, but yeah, Vince McMahon he he is. Yeah, he he at least back in the day. I don't know how much now, but you would hear bar stories where he's taken the legion of dooms finisher at a at a bar or a strip club and really you know like, yeah where they're hammered um if you if you search on wrestling inc you, you search on vince mcmahon um either road warriors or legion of doom that story will come up that's but, wild um, that's yeah wild. yeah it's, I'm gonna it's pretty it crazy um yeah well, Raj, we also recently had the Young Bucks and yeah. also uh, exclusive interviews with the Young Bucks and also Pete Dunne. Uh, it's rare to get a, a WWE talent, but we, we did interview Pete Dunne and that ran earlier this week. Yeah, that's that that's that's a hard one. I, I've I'm, I've been there, Raj. Those yeah, they're uh, those are tough ones to pull at this point in time. Um, yeah. yeah, well, go keep up the great work, sir, and uh, have a great weekend. Stay safe out there and we'll we'll talk again soon. Absolutely. Yeah, you stay safe as well. 
Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.